and welcome back to Cloud9Fin, the podcast where we dissect and digest what's going on in the world of sub-investment grade corporate credit. I'm your host, Will Cager-Smith, and today we're going to have a super exciting discussion about interest rates. But wait, don't switch off just yet. I promise this is genuinely interesting. We're talking about Satira Financial, which is just one of the many borrowers that have tapped the leveraged loan market in recent weeks. So today's higher interest rates, significantly higher than they were this time last year, obviously, have had a massive impact on this company or will have a massive impact on this company. And here to explain it all, I've got Emily Fassold, one of our reporters. So Emily, welcome back to the pod. Thank you. It's great to be back. All right. So Satira's website says it is driven by purpose and turns dreams into reality. Um, But some of our listeners might not understand exactly what the company does or what that description means. So can you explain it? Yeah, it's really not uh, completely obvious from the description, is it? No, it's not. Although, to be fair, I would say it's better than some software companies that we've covered where it can genuinely take several hours to figure out what they actually do. <laughs> that is that is painfully true uh, compared to some of those companies. Satira is actually pretty simple. So basically, they're a retail brokerage network. So they provide financial advisory services to individual investors, and they also help them meet their retirement goals, et cetera. Right. Okay. Yeah, that is pretty simple. So what's the deal with Satira and interest rates? Yeah. So basically, in addition to charging investors for those advisory services, they also make a sizable chunk of their money by parking their clients' uninvested cash into interest-bearing accounts at banks that they partner with, and then they collect that interest. Right. Yeah. Great business if you can get it, at least in today's rate environment, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So In a sense, lots of companies we write about don't like rising interest rates, Mm -hmm. obviously, since they make it more expensive to raise debt. And if you're a leveraged loan borrower, it increases the cost of your coupons. Right. Yeah, we've written about that a little bit lately. Uh, But for broker dealers like Satera, rising rates mean that when they park uninvested client cash in interest-bearing accounts, uh, they make a boatload more money for very little extra cost. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So the more cash you sweep into those interest-bearing accounts... The more interest you earn and if rates are higher, you earn even more interest and you don't really have to do much more operationally speaking in order to generate that extra interest. So um, my next question is, why is Satira raising a new term loan? So basically, they're raising a non-fungible add-on loan uh, to fund an acquisition. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they're acquiring the retail wealth business of a company called Securian Financial. Right. And from my understanding, the business they're acquiring doesn't actually generate a huge amount of EBITDA. Yeah, that's true. But there is a but. Uh Uh, Basically, this acquisition means the uninvested cash that these securian advisors currently hand over to third-party custodians Mm -hmm. uh, can now go to those interest-bearing accounts that Satira has set up for its own cash sweep. And at today's interest rates, that aspect of the acquisition alone is expected to generate nearly... $30 $30 million of extra EBITDA for Satera. Right. That's a that's a very nice number. Mm-hmm. Um, but that $30 million doesn't exist yet. So it's added back to the overall EBITDA figure that Satera is using to market this deal, right? Exactly. Okay. And we should probably point out that this isn't uh, unusual necessarily. Uh, companies use all sorts of adjustments to flatter their credit profile when they raise debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Satera is also using a bunch of other acquisition-related adjustments to increase its marketed EBITDA, right. uh, including $26 million for corporate allocations and then 
another $24 million add back for combination synergies. Right. Yeah. So the, the classic kind of combo synergy add back is, is, a is a regular fixture in, in leveraged loan land. Um, and we should also point out that Satira's own standalone pre-acquisition EBITDA as in the, the EBITDA they're marketing this deal off consists of Satira's own EBITDA plus the EBITDA of the company that they're acquiring Securian. And both of those EBITDA figures have a bunch of addbacks in them. So Satira's own standalone EBITDA number includes a substantial addback for cash sweep revenue as well. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think one other thing that's important to point out before we go further uh, is that most of the sources we spoke to for this story didn't really have a problem with these addbacks. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're all pretty much of the opinion that this is money that Satira definitely will earn mm -hmm. uh, because of the interest rate outlook. Right. Okay. So to recap, before we get further into it, Satira is marketing this deal off quite heavily adjusted numbers, which help flatter its credit profile, bring leverage down and so forth. But the adjustments are pretty permissible, at least in the opinion of most of the people we spoke to, because they are just based on a simple calculation of how much extra interest their enhanced cash balance will generate given that the Fed hiked rates several times last year, right? Correct. Uh, the company's earnings are definitely uh, going to benefit a lot if rates stay where they are. Right. But that takes us to the sort of contentious point of these addbacks, which is that the key word in what you just said is if, right? Because there is a scenario in which these addbacks could potentially not work out, right? Right. Yeah. If the Fed uh, cuts rates all of a sudden, not all that extra EBITDA is going to come to fruition. Mm -hmm. I mean, we should also say that on top of that, not all of this extra cash sweep revenue is going to automatically appear overnight either. Mm -hmm. uh, in order to generate this interest, uh, Satera has to do all the admin of moving that cash to the right places. And then it's a while before interest payments are received. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't drop down to the bottom line from day one. Uh, but that's kind of par for the course. Uh, really, the tail risk here is that the Fed cuts rates. Right. Yeah, that, that will make sense. And I think the interesting thing that you kind of mentioned in your article is that there is a potential scenario here where an enterprising CFO of one of these types of companies like Satira, I'm not saying Satira specifically, but one of these types of companies could use these kinds of rate-related addbacks on, on cash sweep revenue to flatter the credit profile and go out and aggressively lever up and do a bunch of debt-funded M&A, which, you know, could be kind of risky. I mean, it might be likely, but it could potentially be, be a risk. Right. It's a good point. And I think that's why some sources we spoke to were a little bit wary of these marketed credit metrics. Uh, so the deal is marketed on 3.2 times total leverage which is based on a performa EBITDA figure of 627 million. Right, which is like, you know, 3.2 times is, is fairly modest. That's not exactly, that's not crazy leverage levels. Yeah, we've covered worse. <laughs> but uh, there's an argument to be had that you should be more conservative and underwrite it at a slightly higher leverage. Right, yeah. So this isn't about suggesting that the company isn't going to make a lot of money from higher interest rates and that increased cash sweep revenue. It's more about making a fair assessment of where the credit risk is today, given that leverage is a measure of, of kind of uh, credit risk and also being realistic about the downside risk, albeit, you know, the, the downside risk is is pretty, uh, pretty remote 
because no one thinks the Fed is going to start cutting rates tomorrow. But if they did start cutting rates tomorrow, what is the downside risk, right? Exactly. Uh, they're making hay while the sun shines, as they say. Mm -hmm. uh, and Cetera's earnings will probably be very impressive this year. Uh, but it would get a bit scary if a borrower were to use these rate-related addbacks to make their credit profile uh, look less risky um, then go out and raise a bunch more debt, and then suddenly the Fed cuts rates and their cash sweep revenue um, all of a sudden drastically falls. Right. Yeah. So theoretically, you yes. could have a situation yeah. where debt goes up quite drastically, and then EBITDA comes down quite drastically, and that massively changes the credit profile, theoretically. Exactly. Um, yeah, I should reiterate that this is all hypothetical, right. <laughs> um, but also that imagining hypothetical downsides is kind of, you know, a big part of credit investing. Couldn't have put it better myself. Emily, thanks so much for all your help explaining this one. No problem. See you next time. All right. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks for tuning in. And if you want to be on this podcast or just have feedback on it, then get in touch. You can email us at team at ninefin.com or you can find us all on social media. Don't forget to check in next week with my London colleagues. I'll be back the week after that. So until then, as always, take care.